This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hi, everybody. Oh, oh, (laughs) technical difficulties here. Hold on. My mic is falling into my lap. It's funny because I put in, guys, I'm having like audio drama. Um, I'm not an audio engineer. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I have done this podcast over two years now and I'm still learning about like how the hell can I get the best audio, learning about equipment and like everything matters. That's the irritating thing. It's like the microphone that you have and there's 400,000 million different microphones, okay? The cords that you have, it's like, oh, your audio is a little bit fuzzy. Like it could be the cords, it could be the microphone, it could be the recorder, it could be your computer, it could be all the things. It could be the SD card, it could be so many things. And I'm like, oh, great, I'll just troubleshoot all of these things and just keep buying a million pieces of equipment. Don't worry about me. Anyways, I just noticed on the recorder, there's like this one little switch that I've never, like I've never touched that switch before. And I Googled it quickly before I just started right now. And it said something about like the input volumes. So I'm hoping that that one little switch will magically solve all my problems, but we will see. Maybe this is not even recording because I flipped that switch. Um, This is a different microphone than what I have been using. So we'll see. I'm like, is it the microphone? I don't know. And like, there are these really professional microphones that I want to get. They're like 500 bucks each though. So I'm holding off on that until I try a few other things. Um, so we shall see. And the staticky sound that I'm getting in the recording, I can remove it when I'm editing, but it's annoying. Like why, why is it happening in the first place? So anywho, welcome to this solo episode that was a little bit of a rocky start because my microphone almost fell on me. Um, it is, I am recording this on Friday. Usually I record my solo episodes a few days before I release it, but I'm recording this one the week before because Monday is a holiday. My in-laws are coming on Sunday. Milo starts school on Tuesday. So it's just going to be a chaotic week. And now that I have this whole like video set up with YouTube and all that stuff, it's just there's more work involved with doing the solo episodes. So I'm doing it early just to be safe and not be struggling next week. Also got a message this morning that someone in Milo's preschool class 
who was last there on Wednesday, tested positive for COVID. So my biggest fear was that Milo would get sick and he would miss the first day or week of school. And I was like, no, Renee, like, what are the chances? Like, he hasn't been sick in so long. Knock on wood. I'm not going to knock too hard on this wood because my dogs will start barking because they're going to think that somebody came to the freaking front door. But anyways, I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And then I just got that message this morning and I'm like, oh my God, it might happen. So now I'm mentally preparing myself for that to potentially happen because obviously I'm like thinking worst case scenario, scenario, like all the kids are going to be new. It's like all a new experience for them, but they're going to have like a week together getting used to everything. And then he's going to be like the new kid showing up, you know? Uh, Anyways, it's just like me projecting onto my child, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Regardless of what happens, it's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Okay. I put up a sticker on Instagram and I was just like, what are some topics that you guys want to hear about? So one topic that came up a lot was like marriage post kids. Um, because you guys love hearing about that. Um, And I'm happy to be very honest and open about it. So I recorded a solo episode that will be out at some point soon. All about that topic. I went over some interesting things from Molly Millwood's book, To Have and To Hold. So that's going to be a good one. It's going to be just like an honest, it's like a, it's good. It incorporates research, like my experiences is really good. So I recorded that one and then I took some other topics that you guys recommended and I wrote some notes and I was like, let's just talk about some of these things. So the first one, somebody was saying, talk about the challenges from going to, from being a working mom, like in your career doing stuff to then being a stay at home mom. And I was like, okay, I've never really been like a working mom because I was in school when I was pregnant with Milo, which is basically like when you're in your PhD, it is basically like you're working, but you're working very independently. So it's not like you have a job that you're going to, but it's similar in the sense that like I was really busy, like had lots of things going on and was very like goal oriented and like focused and whatever. So working mom to stay at home mom challenges. And I do have a mom chat episode. If you go back to like, I think it was the last mom chats. Um, One of the interviews I did with someone was about that topic um, because she is dealing with the same thing, like being very career focused, like working mom and then doing the maternity leaves um, is is a challenge for her. So I relate And I always say like, is it harder? Is it more of a difficult transition for people or women, moms to have a child later in life? And here's why. I feel like when you have a child later in life and that is becoming the norm, more and more people are having kids now in their 30s. I had Milo when I was 34. Is it a bigger transition because we have already lived so much of our adult life 
not having children. And so you become accustomed to and used to being very independent and, you know, focusing on other stuff. And like my mom had three of us, three kids before she was 25, I think. Okay. She's probably listening to this and she's either going to be like, yep, that's right. Or no, that's wrong. But anyways, something along those lines. And if I think back in my life, like when I was 25, it it blows my mind. Like the difference, like two lives can be like the different. Oh my God. I can't talk guys. The, like how different a life would be having children younger, like in your early 20s versus mid 30s. And it's like, is it a bigger, like a more difficult transition because you're so used to living your adult life without having children? That's my thoughts anyways. But obviously I have not experienced the alternative of having children in your early 20s. But I imagine it's like, you don't know that much of an adult life without having children and without being in the routine and lifestyle of having kids. So I don't know. So that's for me why I think it was such a difficult transition. Also just like my personality type and what, how I like to spend my days, like very focused, very like, uh, I don't know, it's weird. And I remember it made me think back to the episode I did with Casey Davis not too long ago. And she was talking about how like people get a dopamine hit when they complete certain activities. So like for me, when I finish this episode and it's like uploaded and edited and I have all my stuff ready to go, like I'm like, woo, like this is what I love doing. Like I get massive dopamine hits from doing this kind of stuff. Childcare tasks, not so much, not so much of a dopamine hit. And so my question to her, which she does not have the answer, obviously, but was like, do people get dopamine hits doing different things, completing different tasks? So you always hear about people who are absolutely obsessed with like motherhood and childcare and, you know, are happy to stay home with kids and like raise children and they love that. And maybe they get dopamine from, guys, do I need to do this research experiment? Like, do you think some kind of agency will fund this research study? But maybe they get dopamine, like they are super fulfilled from that. So I think if you are not that way and you do get, you know, such joy out of like being career focused and doing things that are outside of childcare, then I think when you transition to a stay-at-home mom role, it is a big like fuck. You know, I don't know how else to put it. It's like you're not fulfilled anymore. And then you feel like shit for not being fulfilled because society tells us that motherhood is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you and you should be fulfilled. So, which I don't think is true. Like, I just don't. I think you can be an amazing mom that does not feel fulfilled from solely being a mom and doing mostly childcare related things. 
um, like domestic things. I don't think those two things are like they can't go together. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but I can't. Um, like you can be a good mom and not be fulfilled from motherhood, if that makes sense. So yeah, uh, maternity leave. I uh, was not so fulfilled. I was I was very excited for Milo to start daycare and for me to get back on like a routine and start working on things that I wanted to work on. And yeah, so I can relate to that challenge. I also think babies for me, so don't like come at me, like don't attack me. Taking care of kids to me is very boring, like very understimulating. And it's weird because you are insanely busy physically, emotionally, you're exhausted. Like it's nonstop, but it's mundane and it's not stimulating for me. And I think for many others. So yeah, if you feel that way, don't feel bad about it. Like it, it's freaking hard. And I know society is like, oh, you know, you should be so lucky to be able to stay at home with your kids. And that's another thing. Some people wish they could stay home with their kids, but they have to work for whatever reason, like financial reasons. And some people stay at home with their, have to stay at home with their kids for whatever reason and wish they could be in the workplace or doing, you know, creative things and not childcare. So there's all different kinds of scenarios. Um, so yeah, I hate, I hate when, you know, you talk about things like this and people are like, I wish I could stay home. Like, okay, like, yeah, that's you. Like not everybody feels the same way as you, um, and vice versa. So anyhow, if you're the person that sent that in, I feel ya. And, you know, if working again is something that you hope to do, then I hope that you get to do that. So. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. 
Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right, the quality is unmatched, you are going to love it, and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Next topic is my five to 10 year goal. Okay, this is a funny question because I'm the most delusional person you'll ever meet. Um, But I'm like quietly delusional. I'm not like, you know, very like verbal about it and like showy and, you know, I'm just like very like in my head and like my husband knows that I'm delusional. Um, 
the other day I, cause the podcast is just like growing and growing and it's great. And so the other day my husband and I were looking up, okay, so I was looking up and just telling my husband about Joe Rogan's like downloads and analytics. It's insane. It's like 11 million downloads per episode, like unreal. So anyways, I've never listened to his podcast, by the way, but very popular. Um, And so my podcast is doing really well and it's growing every single week. It's like growing. And my husband's like, when can I retire? And I'm like, that's like my goal. Like I would love this podcast to just blow up, like get some like massive like deal from somewhere and my husband can retire. Like how cool would that be? Like we started our relationship with me being in school and he's obviously a full-time surgeon, like works like crazy on call all the time. How cool would it be to be like, you can retire, sweetie. Like I got this. Don't worry. And just like continue doing my podcast. And then we get like a house in Hollywood because I feel like that's where you go when, you know, things blow up and we just live like a little Hollywood life. And I have this like professional studio in our house and I just like podcast and yeah. Like, how cool is that? So that's like, that's probably like 10 year goal. Um, Joe Rogan started his podcast in 2011, which blows my mind. I don't even think I knew there was a podcast in 2011. I was still doing my master's degree. Um, And then I think about like, I think a lot of people when you're like, I'm 37 and I think some people are like, oh, I can't start anything. Like I'm already 37 or like I'm almost 40. And I'm like, no, that's so not true. Because if you think about it, I started this podcast when I was, uh, it was 2020. So I was 35. So if I do this podcast for 10 years, that means I'm 45. And like Dax Shepard is 47, I think. And look at Dax Shepard. Like he loves doing his podcast, living his best life. It's like one of the most popular podcasts in the world. So like you just keep doing it. You just start and then you keep doing it. And I remember thinking about that with my PhD as well. I was like, oh, like a PhD, like I guess it's going to take me like five, six years to finish it. And it's like the time is going to pass anyways. So do you want to spend that time that's going to pass doing what you love doing and like building something? Or you can be in this mindset that like, oh, I'm too old to, you know, start something new. Like it's not going to go anywhere. And it's like, you don't know that. Time is going to pass anyways. Like, look, I like the show is growing now. I've been doing it for two years and I'm just going to keep doing it. And I keep like, you know, trying to improve stuff like audio, video content, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, five to 10 year goal. Hopefully in 10 years, my husband can retire or at least like work part time, you know, like work here and there. So that's my goal is just the podcast. And I know I do lots of social media stuff as well. I used to do more and I had to decide at one point because it was too much and I was not doing social media very well and I was not as focused on the podcast as I wanted to be. 
And I had to decide like, okay, you need to choose something. Are you going to focus all your attention on making TikToks and creating that kind of content? Or do you want to focus on the podcast? Because you can't do both shitty. You know what I'm saying? So I chose the podcast. I put a lot of money into the podcast. I That is my focus. Um, so now I don't feel bad not being as active on social media and not like growing on social media. So it has paid off, obviously, because the podcast is growing. It's doing really well. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah, hopefully my husband can retire soon. So that's that on that. Um, Okay, somebody asked me to chat about the morning chaos. And I just want to say... Every time I have a stressful morning with Milo, and again, he's starting school next week. So every time I had a stressful morning with Milo, I would think to myself, oh my God, imagine how much more stressful this would be if I had a job, like an office, like nine to five, where I actually had to show up somewhere on time. And like, he won't get dressed. He won't put on his shoes. He won't, you know what I mean? So much more stressful. And now that he, so like I obviously work for myself. I work from home. So my schedule is very flexible. Um, so I never had that added stressor. Now that he's starting school next week, I will have that stressor because school starts at a certain time, like daycare, preschool, you just fucking show up whenever you want. School starts at a specific time. So that is going to be a stressor. And I'm hoping that given that school starts later than preschool did, we're going to have like we have to build our routine and hopefully it will work out for the most part. But yeah, it's terrifying to think that like we're on a timeline next week and we have to be somewhere. We have to be waiting for the bus at a specific time. Um, So yeah, and I had a podcast a while back with Mr. Chaz about gentle parenting being privileged parenting. And one of the points I brought up was like, it's very easy to practice gentle parenting and be very like patient and like keep your shit together when you don't have to be somewhere on time. And I remember thinking many mornings when Milo was being... <laughs> spicy and I was able to be super patient and like wait it out and you know and I remember thinking families that are not in this situation and they have to be somewhere on time much harder to be super gentle and patient and like (laughs) okay sweetie so um, I feel for people who have a strict schedule in the morning and want to practice gentle parenting let me tell you that um and no that does not mean like okay you want us to beat our children in the morning because we have a schedule like no okay that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying you might not be able to react in the best way possible ideally how you would like to react because you're fucking stressed out about a timeline and being somewhere on time that's all i'm saying okay Somebody, what's my time here? 22 minutes. 
Somebody asked me about my experience with quitting because I had a story the other day. Let me take a drink. I had a story the other day about quitting because Milo, we signed Milo up for soccer. He was not a fan. He always wanted to go, but he... Okay, so this is how toddler soccer worked, okay? It's an hour long. Even that, like that's pretty long. So the first half hour was little drills and activities with your team. And then the second half hour was a game against another toddler team. And let me tell you, there are some fucking like phenom toddler soccer players. Uh, Unbelievable. And so every time we would play this one team, I was just like, oh my God, like we're playing the fucking like, what's his name? Ronaldo here. Um, Just like every time he touches the ball, boom, at the end of the field, scores a goal. He touches the ball, boom, at the, like nonstop. I was shocked. Anyways, Milo, for the first few times we went to soccer, would kind of like join in on the little activities or like the soccer drills that he was doing with his team. Like we had to go up on the field with him and like a lot of the parents did and but like he wasn't that into it. He would do it a few times and then he would constantly just be running back to us on the side of the field if one of us wasn't up there with him. And then as the season, the soccer season went on, it just kind of got worse and worse. Like he was less interested, less interested, but it was never a thing where like he didn't want to go to soccer. That was never a thing. Cause I remember being younger and like not wanting to go to figure skating guys. I used to figure skate. Um, and I was fucking good too. And I used to do precision figure skating, which is like when you're a team, um, and you like do like skating things like it's, it's kind of like synchronized swimming, but it's skating with like a team. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to YouTube some synchronized. No, what's it called? Figure skating. What's it called? Like the team, the team figure skating. I'm going to YouTube it and share a video. It's pretty cool. Anyways, that's what I used to do. And then I was really good and I would skate with kids or girls that were older than me. And then they wanted me to go solo to do like competitions, kind of like you see on the Olympics, like you do your little like solo fucking skate routine. They wanted me to do that. And I was like, oh shit, no. Like I could not imagine skating in an arena full of people by myself. Like, no. And so anyways, I quit skating. But I remember like being devastated and not wanting to go to skating lessons And Milo, that was never a thing. Like he wanted to go to soccer. He just spent most of the time sitting on our lap. And so I started this conversation on my Instagram stories about quitting. And I was like, made the point that one of the things that I think about often that my parents did for me was never make me feel like I couldn't leave something that was not making me happy anymore or that quitting something to focus on something else. Never. So I quit basketball in grade 11 because I solely wanted to focus on volleyball. And that 
they were totally fine with. So in high school, it was like girls volleyball, boys basketball. And then the next semester was boys basketball, girls volleyball or vice versa, whatever, whatever. So instead, what I did was I quit basketball and practiced with the guys volleyball team for the season that I was not playing volleyball. And then I played volleyball all summer as well on like competitive teams. So there was that quit basketball. Um, I quit French class. I fucking hated French class. And where we live, you take French up until grade nine and then you have the option to continue to take it throughout high school or not. And I was like, fuck no. As soon as I finished grade nine French, never wanted to take it again. Came back to bite me in the ass because I did my university at the Frenchest frickin' school in Canada, University of Ottawa. And of course, my PhD, I, there was a requirement that I needed to pass a certain level of French. I shit you not. It was a whole fucking thing. This is a story for another day. Um, I had to get like the ombuds person, which is like the school like lawyer kind of person. It was a whole thing. Anyways, over half a percent. Okay. So I could graduate with my PhD in psychology. Oh my God. Anyways, that's a whole thing. So yeah, quit French. Um, I, my first year university, which this might come as a surprise to people. I was on a full scholarship for volleyball in Florida and like, wow, amazing, like full scholarship, playing volleyball at a university in Florida. It was the fucking worst. Like, I loved my experience. I loved my friends. I loved lots of things about it. But the actual playing of the volleyball and like the coach player dynamic and like how it was like a job and you felt like you had to listen to these people because they were paying for your whole school and like we would get weighed we had like dietary restrictions we had a three-hour practice every day we had a game the day after like a home game the day after Halloween And to prevent us from going out and doing Halloween things, they rented us a hotel room, like hotel rooms down the street from our school just so that they could like keep us in a hotel so that we wouldn't go out like fucking crazy. Um, I hated it. Miserable, like miserable. It's really hard to go from, like in Canada, we don't really have athletic scholarships. Like we have like financial aid. Like let's just say like our universities are not making a trillion dollars off of student athletes, okay? Um, It's not like a thing. Like we don't have that. It's basically like a toxic culture, I would say. We don't have that. And like, especially, Especially in fucking Sudbury, Northern Ontario. That's where I played. My coach was my friend, you know? And then I go to the NCAA and it's like volleyball boot camp with some classes scattered around. Like it was just, whoa. It was just like a whole thing. Um, So by Christmas, 
I quit that team and I went to go transfer to a different school in Florida. And then what happened was the coach that I signed with at the new school got, I want to say fired or she left or something. So then we had this new coach come in to the school that I transferred to and my, my best friend on my previous team transferred with me and the coach that replaced the coach that I signed the contract with or like the scholarship, whatever, like, no, I, I just like saw my future being exactly what it was at the previous school, like not fun, like miserable, like manipulation, like just terrible. And so I quit and I left and I went home and that was the end of volleyball for me. Um, all that to say, like my parents never made me feel like, like you're saving us thousands of dollars by getting a full scholarship. And like so many kids would kill for this opportunity. Like that was never even a thing. It was like, oh, okay. You want to come home? Okay. That's it. And so a lot of people had the same view as me, like, but some people were writing comments or DMing me being like, you know, it's about teaching commitment and like not abandoning your team and blah, blah, blah. And I disagree. Like, I think at some point people need to learn to put their happiness above other people and like expectations that other people have on you. It's like, you know, if you're in a relationship that is not serving you anymore, that you can't see yourself being in long term, like, don't just stay in it. Like, you know, a sport, uh, you're playing a musical instrument. And I, I feel like parents get so wrapped up in like, oh, my son plays the violin and he's incredible at it. Like you're not quitting. You're not quitting. I don't care if you don't like playing the violin, like you're going to continue your lessons. You're going to do your performances. Like what is that teaching our children? And it's like, I understand that it's exciting as a parent when your child is really good at something, but like at what cost, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just people need to have autonomy over activities that they choose to do, what they're interested in. And when you like pigeonhole someone into like, no, you're going to play this, you're going to do this. It doesn't let them explore other options. I don't know. I just, um, I just, yeah, if you're not happy doing something, why would you continue doing that? The biggest takeaway with, let's say you have a child that doesn't want to do something, is having a conversation because the most important thing is why are they feeling that way? Why do they not want to do it anymore? Like, is it anxiety? Is it that they literally truly just do not enjoy it anymore and they want to pursue something else? Like it's really worth having an honest conversation, which is why it's just important to have an open dialogue between you and your child so that they can go to you with that conversation. Um, Yeah. So anywho, that's my Thoughts on quitting. Somebody else asked me about reality TV, specifically Southern Charm. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, I'm a huge Southern Charm fan. 
similar to Vanderpump, I feel like it's not as entertaining now as it was before. I feel like once reality TV stars get like they have other things going on and like there's not as genuine or like honest relationship stuff happening. It's they do a lot of stuff just for the show. I don't know. It's okay. I, I'm watching it. I like it. I love Craig and Paige. Um, like do a separate show, like do a spinoff of just like Craig and Paige's relationship or yeah, I don't know. It's kind of same with Summer House. Like it's just I feel like some of the shows have just kind of run their course. My go to right now is Below Deck. Love Below Deck. The only downside to Below Deck is that every season Like, it does not build upon the previous season. It can be, like, all new cast members, which keeps it really interesting and entertaining because you have new people um, just, like, being honest and totally themselves because they're not celebrities or, like, famous. So it is really good, but you don't have, like, the continual, um, like, cast season to season. So it like starts and then it ends, but it's great. If you haven't seen Below Deck, like highly recommend. Um, So that's it for me uh, for this episode. So thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, go subscribe on YouTube. I'm trying to be like a YouTube star. Um, It's going to happen. Just might take a while. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, follow along on Spotify, whatever whatever you have to do, um, wherever you listen, wherever you watch. But yeah, thanks so much, guys. And let's keep our fingers crossed that my husband can retire in 10 years. So in 10 years time, I will circle back on this conversation and see where we're at. So Thanks so much for listening and I hope your children sleep tonight and that you let them quit something if they want to quit. Okay, bye.